consider yourself normal, then this is not the show for you. Please go somewhere else. This is WYRD. If it's getting weird, it's got to be the Weird Mountain Gals Show. The Weird Mountain Gals. Hey, hey, wake up. This is Wake Up of which you speak. I could sleep. I'm good at sleeping sometimes. I could nap. I'm good at that. I am very good at napping. Are you? Yeah, I'd like to do more of it, but, you know, it takes up time during the day. (laughs) When I was young, I used to say, I used to say, you know what? I'll sleep when I'm dead. I would. I would say that. And and then I would go on and I would work that second shift in a row or I'd go do that 14-hour thing or whatever it was. And I no longer say that. I know. Um, I think that's pretty wise. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh the truth is when I'm dead, I doubt I'll ever sleep or want to again. <laughs> I envision it as not as as being outside the realm of needing sleep. Well, I guess I do too, really, when you put it that way. It doesn't seem like that, but I mean we don't know. Sleep is a bizarre uh, thing, event. Nobody understands, not one scientist, I don't think, has has ever been able to explain exactly why living beings need to sleep. And there's only been, as far as I know, one animal that they've ever found, and it was a deep sea fish species that appeared to not need sleep. So it makes sense to me that sleep would be for, you know, regenerating things or flushing things or whatever. Sleep is what you do to heal and become healthy. But the question is why? I mean, we're we're kind of set up to be a self-sustaining ecosystem, the human body. <laughs> That's really true. Yeah. And so why do we need to sleep? <laughs> so anyway, I I think that's a fascinating subject. The other thing is, why do we need to dream? What's that about? It's not all flushing. See, it's easy for psychology or you know modern science. Excuse me. It's easy for modern science to say, well, we need to dream to flush out all of these thoughts and images that fly at us all day long. The question is, well, do we? <laughs> Do we really? When we supposedly only use three to five percent of our brain, really? We need to get rid of memories and thoughts? Why is that? What do we do with the other 97 percent of our brain? You see? <laughs> so Good. Well, you are certainly esoteric today. Oh, sorry. You know, it's it's coming up. It's the season. This is a season, as you know. Isn't that the truth? 
Yeah. Uh, uh. It is. And, and so my brain goes to all these crazy places. <laughs> this is what happens when I'm alone for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last week, well, you don't, you may not know, but last week I was at this really, uh, be- I was in this beautiful place called the farm in middle Tennessee. Yeah. And, uh, and I wasn't, I didn't have much, I didn't have anything to do that particular day except show up for a concert that night. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in and wrote. And I could do that because there was not a TV on in the house. There was no radio. All that was going on was I could hear, I could hear a, a kitty cat yowling outside uh-huh. and birds. And I had quiet like I have not had because I was by myself. I love that thought. It was lovely. And I am not saying I want to be by myself all the time because that would be hurtful. But, boy, sometimes Mm. it is just lovely. It's just necessary. That's how I recharge my battery. Absolutely. And this was a beautiful place to do that in. I just loved it. I'll bet. I'll bet. Was it in the middle part of Tennessee? Yeah. South of um, Nashville. Okay. And the weather was good, I guess. Mm, Cold, but good. Mm. I love that. So when you do get a chance to get off by yourself like that and recharge your batteries, do you come out of it feeling, you know, just ready to tackle the world? Or do you end up in a like a state of creativity and you, that you have to be drug out of it? Well, that, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I come, I come of it, come out of it feeling more connected. Does that make sense? It does. Well, I guess it would depend on how you went into it too. It's like, if you needed to be, if you needed rest and healing and you go, to a place like that then hopefully you come out of it and your mind is in this this place where you're just you know ready to tackle the world or whatever in a place of energy Uh, if you go into it you know in a state of creativity you might come out of it looking and feeling like you've not had enough sleep and all of that because you might not have (laughs) because you're creating and and that costs you a lot sometimes yes yes yeah so i guess that's what it is i don't know i don't know (laughs) so are you a person who leaf looks (laughs) are you well you know i right now it is hard to be out in the world where the world is full of leaf lookers Mm-hmm. Oh my God! It is just—it's busy. Mm-hmm. It's a busy place. Yeah, but it's also a beautiful um, year. So yes, I am—I am a leaf looker. If you—if it's not a capitalized leaf looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it, and and there, there are trees that I mean, I love trees. Let's just be clear, mm-hmm. I love trees, and, and there are. Things that happen in maple trees this time of year that just make me so, so happy. But there's a tree, and it, it is not native to this area, I'm pretty sure, that 
It delights me in ways that I can barely stand. And that is the ginkgo. Oh, yeah. Because that thing turns a kind of glow in the dark color. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is so, so beautiful. They used to have a really beautiful one out on Wall Street. I don't know if they still do or not. It's been a while. I remember that one. I yeah, do. I loved it. One in front of Howard Hanger's place. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah. Um, there, there is a, a fairly big one because, you know, it never gets to be a very big tree. Right. There is a fairly sturdy one, a couple of them down at the French Broad River Park near the gazebo. Oh, and this time that. of year, especially after all this wind, it is just going to look golden. It's going to mm. glow. Oh, yeah. I need to get down there and take a look at it. This yeah, I, I love it. This weekend is going to be so beautiful weather-wise. We've been cold here, mm -hmm. you know, really cold, unseasonably so. This is what the end of fall should feel like. Well, um, but I remember with, within living memory, I can recall it being cold as whiz for, for Halloween. Oh, and, yeah. the, and the young ones spending all that time figuring out what costume they were going to wear. And then yep. they ended up putting on their big winter coat over top of it. Yeah, I remember that, too. I remember it snowed one Halloween. I think I remember that. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're 10, 10, 11 days away from that. So it's weird, but it's not not an impossibly weird. How's that? Uh, I get it. <laughs> I love I love the two. I think of them as hinge seasons. So in the spring, we see. We go from the kind of gray, uh, muted gray tones mm -hmm. of the of the end of winter, and we then we see the pop up of some, oh, I don't know, those early spring greens just popping up, and it's like boing, yeah. and from there it grows into, and then summer is just this big stretch of it's very hot and very green, yeah, uh, and it's solid. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of movement, though. Of course, there is. Mm -hmm. So those of us who garden or farm, there is always it's a new crop coming in all the time, yeah. harvested, planted, soil renewed. And then in the winter, it seems like it's just this block of not a whole lot going on. But the spring and the fall, it's like everything is going on all the time. I love so, it. They're, they're busy seasons. So the winter is dormant. That's yeah. Dormant. And yeah. that's kind of the earth cycle of sleep. <laughs> it should be. Yeah, yeah. And you we know, ought to do it too, but we don't. Yeah, we do some. I, I do. I sleep sometimes every now and then. Not much in, in this time of year. <laughs> we also have some great meteor showers this time of year. Beautiful and skies. We do, and we have two eclipses coming up. Yeah, yeah, we do. Oh, man, I want to be at the beach. Sorry to say it, but wow, I love this weather at the beach. Well, I don't I don't want to spend fall anywhere but where I am right now. Yeah, well, I like November uh, at the beach because uh -huh. the weather is so beautiful. I love but, to be at the beach when other people aren't there. Me too. That's I don't my favorite. Like, I don't like beach people. I don't like tourist beach people. I'll put it that way. I know people who live at the shore, and I like them. That's different, though. Yeah, yeah, it is different. So, once again, 
our subject was to be thoughts on death and dying part two because now, you all say that, that brilliant stuff all that brilliant stuff we said last week just completely <laughs> was evidently some we just were not supposed to say it well <laughs> not I, last I, week I don't know that I can recall much of what we said, but I reckon if we get started, let's do it. That stuff will come up again. Well, um, we, I was, we, we were I, I, wanted, about- I wanted to say to our listeners that you, you are talking like we actually discussed what we were going to talk about today in the pre in the pre-show. We just gossiped. We went, Oh, did you, did I tell you that thing happened? Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, did you know? Yes. Oh no. Oh, that's exactly what our pre-show was. And we did not (laughs) even for one tiny damn minute talk about what we were going to talk about. (laughs) Not a minute. I ate lunch. I don't know what I was doing, but I ate my big old lunch and drank my coffee and then dang, we're recording. So, (laughs) and that, that's probably how it should be. That's how we do it best. I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe so. You know, last week, what we were doing was kind of a, it was just educational. And mm-hmm. it was also us giving our opinion about a few things. Uh, namely, no. no yeah, true. <laughs> namely, the subject of uh, how people treat death versus how it could be and how it used to be. Um, so we, you started with the subject of washing the body and why that, that doesn't need to be taboo. There's nothing wrong with that. It's what an honor to be there at the place and time that this person is transitioning. And a lot of people need to have a way to, to delineate, to, to, close this chapter and open this next chapter you see yes and it's also it's also in the simple way and profound it's a way to express your love if you're a person who doesn't go around saying it you see because what's the most comforting beautiful thing be something like that it's um it's funny isn't it because my my family kind of it prided itself on not being uh, demonstrative, right? And that that was something that was very important to them uh, publicly. It demonstrative. They just well, no, they did not do that. No, no, no. Same, same. Um, yeah. yeah same. So it's been it's been interesting because I I grew up with that. Only to get to the place when I was grown where I am very demonstrative. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I hug people and I love on them and all that stuff. And you're more fulfilled because of it. Yeah. I get it. That's the same way. We always said that it was because of the German part of our heritage, you know, uh-huh. um, but I don't know that that was it at all. I know lots of Appalachian folks who have that same thing. I do. I know you do too. I mean, it it could be the Scots part of our Scots-Irish. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just know that 
that was something. And it wasn't just that they didn't do it. It's that they very proudly did not do it. Oh, right. no, we don't do that. Like it was it was almost a class issue. Like, oh, yeah. you know, only low class people would do something like that. Hold hands in public. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And and I, I certainly didn't hear a lot of people going around saying the L word, love, love you. That just never, you know, that just wasn't something that went around, even in families that, you know, obviously loved each other. You just didn't hear it. You didn't see it much around here. I don't know why that was. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. I guess if, you know, we had some therapy, we might figure it out. Uh, I guess. Yeah, therapy. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's. Uh, I just think that there wasn't really a big problem with that. I mean, I never had a big problem with it. You know, if I wanted to say it, I'll say it. And otherwise, people don't have to say it. <laughs> I can love them anyway. <laughs> oh, I tell people that all the time. Do you? I, when I'm doing card readings for them, I tell them that you loving somebody has, I mean, it has something to do with the person you love because you love them for a particular reason, but you sure can love somebody that doesn't love you back, and you can love somebody that maybe even never even knows you love them. Yeah. Because loving is what you do. And yeah. then accepting love or returning love is something they do. Right. For you. And and that, I think, has been helpful, especially to some women who are in problematic relationships. Yeah. And I will tell them, there are people that you can love but not be in an active relationship with. And exactly. that's okay. Mm -hmm. so I'm not telling you not to love this person anymore. I'm telling you to get the hell out of a dangerous situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you don't understand, but I love him. And I'll go, yeah, I do understand. And you can love him from 800 miles away at your mama's house. Yeah. Absolutely. And that way you and your youngins are safe or you are safe. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't affect your love. You go ahead and love him all you want to. But don't think that your love is going to cure him or save him. What a good, good thing to say. I bet they never thought of that before. Well, I think most of us don't. We think that love is something I love you and you love me. And this is lovely reciprocated emotion. And when that happens, it's wonderful. But yeah. there's an awful lot of people in the world that they're not healthy enough to love you back. They're just not. Yeah, that's true. I I 100% agree with that. You said, As you were saying it, I was flashing over to this this situation and this situation and this situation yeah through the yeah. years that i've observed not to mention i've had my own situations i think mm -hmm. everybody has okay. if, we're being honest, if we're being honest you know uh so profoundly wise today aren't you oh no <laughs> but i was thinking this that sometimes and in my experience, it's mostly been women, but it's not like I'm saying men aren't capable of it. It's just not been my experience. But a lot of times women confuse compassion for love. And they may feel for somebody in their situation or given their personal history, they may feel bad for them and feel yeah. compassionate towards them and think they love them when really they are they just they are empathetic about what they've been through. Mm -hmm. And then they throw themselves into the situation where they're trying to make this person better 
you know, my love will save you. Well, I suppose love has saved many people, but it is not necessarily the case that it will save a person or a situation. Uh, It's a complicated subject. I think so much of it has to do with not how we natively feel, instinctively feel. It has to do with how we were raised. If you're raised to expect that this is the pinnacle of achievement would be, you know, coupling up or whatever, then then you're going to have this set of priorities. And these these folks are they just can't stand the thought of of being alone. Oh, golly. And that kind of takes us right back to where we were in the beginning, doesn't it? When I was saying and it was so nice. Because I was all by myself. And yeah. all I could hear were the birds. I couldn't <laughs> hear the radio or the TV. I got so much writing done. I got so much thinking done. So sometimes alone, when you um, when you like yourself and like to be with yourself, sometimes alone is good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Golly. But I'm, I'm going to change the subject just for a second and kind of <laughs> get us back to where we were. Um, I did a class last night at um, at Asheville Raven and Crone about, I think it wasn't called Ancestor Veneration 101, but s- simple Ancestor Veneration, stuff like that, just to give people an idea of what they can start to do when they're thinking about ancestor stuff. And darn, if we didn't have a great time, we had some good refreshments, had some strawberries and blueberries and crackers and cheese and <laughs> so we had some snacks you know snacks are important well and, and that's a great place they've got a great facility to they do and they put me it's the first time i've taught a class back in that back room where they closed the curtains mm-hmm. oh, oh it was so it was just sweet 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 mm-hmm. but it was oh wonderful God. to hear there was a woman there who is a hospice nurse and she was saying she's traveled around. I guess she's doing travel nursing now. And and she said what she really forgets is that here in this region, we know how to do death. Yeah. And that she'll go to places, other places, and they just, it's like a dead body and everybody freaks out and they're not sure what to do. Yeah. And she said, what I love about this area is that when somebody dies, there is just this kind of hush that falls over the whole family yep. while everybody focuses on all the things that they already know to do. Yep. That's exactly right. And we talk Even. about that every time we talk about we do death well here. <laughs> but it's it was good truth. to hear somebody else say it besides us. Well, <laughs> it's the truth. And if you live in a suburb, if you live in a suburban area that's been around for a little while, uh, the whole neighborhood becomes galvanized by it. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? Oh, yeah. There'll, there'll be folks that'll move their cars so that yep. folks will have a place to park in their driveway if they need to. And not to mention the food. And there'll be somebody from the neighborhood who walks around and gathers money. And the neighborhood, yes. the neighborhood will give them flowers and cards. Yep. They'll or, be, help, or help with expenses if that's, or help, that's the other thing. Yeah. 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 And and that that pretty much always happens. And then occasionally, depending on the need, there'll be a person who comes around who will assign somebody 
a shift with the family Mm -hmm. or somebody who will offer to babysit, you know, while the funeral takes place. And it's just, uh, it's a, that is such a comfort. I can't begin to tell you what a comfort that would be. You see, if you're lucky enough to have that in your community, but you know what? You don't get it unless you help foster it. And that's what I've found. Yes. And um, gosh, it's been years ago now. You know, pre, it was pre-COVID for sure that my cousin that I I grew up, she grew up kind of in the same area I did. And we had lost touch once we grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the we were the family smart people. You know, we both went to college and went okay. on. All right. but she she battled cancer once, I think, and won. And then cancer finally got her. Yeah. And cancer had killed her mother as well. So when I found out that she was in her final illness, I uh, I checked in with her with her and and with her daughters so that when she died and she they lived down down the mountain from here, not too far. um, I went down for the visitation at the house and and it was funny because. Of course, I remembered her as a young woman, and here she is a grandmother, and um, and her daughters had heard so many stories about me, about us growing up together, um, that it was so comfortable to be there, but it made me sad that I had not reconnected with her earlier on. Yeah. So that I could have, uh, so that we could have enjoyed reconnecting as adults yeah and i just i i just never thought to do it i was busy with my own life and my own family and my own child and my career and i just and i would think of her periodically when i think of the old home place and i think oh i'm so glad she did well she did she did so well for herself um but the next step after that and i'm just saying that to you and everybody listening the next step after that is to track them down yeah because you may not still be in touch with him. I mean, she lived an, an hour away and her youngins live not too, not too far. So now I and her youngins are Facebook friends. Oh, so I can cool. kind of keep up with the grandbabies and all that stuff. Um, but go ahead now. And when you're, when you're getting ready to think about old times and ancestors and the old home place and all that stuff that we kind of roll around in in October, if there's people that were in your life long ago and you think kindly of them, when they come up in your memory, you think, oh, remember that time? Then go ahead and find them. The yeah. very worst that can happen is that you're not going to find them or that you're going to find them and they are totally different. And you don't really want to have a relationship with that adult person because they're not like they were when they were kids. Uh, but the nice thing is you might realize that y'all, your your childhood set the stage for who you are now. Right. And that they are just a mature version of that same person you knew when you were nine years old. That's so crazy that you say that. I've been well, thinking I, those thoughts with my reunion coming up, you know, my hospital. <laughs> so we were very... This class, I think, was very money oriented. It you was mean right in, success right in, oriented. 
yeah, money oriented because it was a class of uh, 82. And so it was the, the year of the yuppie and the preppy person. They had the preppy people and the, the you know, the music people and all that stuff. Um, but anyway, that I digress and I'm sorry. Your point was well taken there. You said it and I instantly just went there. Oh, I, I was lovely thinking about your reunion. Oh, my gosh. I've got, well, it's 22 now. In 24, it'll be my 50th. Wow. And I don't know that I'll go. I've only ever been to one. I got to tell you that um, high school was not my favorite time. Yeah, that's what you've said. I I don't know if I've had a favorite time. I've I got good and bad times about any time, but I knew instantly when I went over to that T.C. Robertson group of people in 1978 i knew those people would be my friends for life it was weird oh it was without trying it just happened we just fell in with each other instantly and in in a close way and we're still close friends all of us the ones that are still alive and it's it's like it's not like anything else because i also belong to the Asheville High School class of 82, because I spent some time in Asheville High School in that structure. And um, so I'm in that group. And I have, you know, I could be in the Ash a couple of other school, and I am alumni groups. And they're fine. We know each other on Facebook and whatever. But this group of people, we are all involved with each other like we always have been. It's crazy. I love it. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. And and part of the reason that can happen is because you're in the place, I mean, more or less in the place where you grew up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That that does have something to do with it. But even those of us that are apart, we're still close. Mm. <laughs> I mean, my my friend Beth came in. And because she, her mother was passing away in the process of passing away. And I hadn't seen Beth in years. Beth lives on the other coast. And, it's, wow. you know, she calls me up, hey, Chicky, what you doing? And it was like no no time had passed. <laughs> no um, time had passed. I was just, that's cool. beautiful, beautiful, it, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I would take that over money any day. Truth, that's the truth. Uh, our, but oh our class was, you know, money-oriented. And tell me what that means, money oriented. Well, it was all about status and what what kind of shoes were you wearing and and you know how much money could you exhibit, the kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it was all very, very material world back then. That was the Madonna song, "Material World," "Material Girl," excuse me. Material. <laughs> what do you think of her as a artist? I don't know. I think she's done some good stuff. Uh, she's not one of those people that, you know, that I follow because it's, I mean, I'm, well, you know, I'm not a big pop music person. I'm more of a, I don't even know that you say this anymore, if it makes any sense, prod rock kind of person and classical music and stuff like that. So, prod I mean, rock. Prod rock. Like, progressive, uh, progressive rock. Yeah. When you say prod rock, Give me an example of a band. 
Oh, God, thanks. Is it like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Frog Rock? Or is it like... Maybe what I'm trying to say is indie rock or indie uh, music. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that would be you. I mean, like, yes, is prod rock. That Mm -hmm. was considered prod rock, right? Yes. King, King Crimson, stuff like that? Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. I've got a friend, Chris DeFatta, who I've talked about before. Yeah, DeFatta. Hey, DeFatta. Hey, DeFatta. I think he's coming into town soon. We're going to try and have a photography day. He's the the dude that I told you about that I I did the digital photography, and he used that vintage German camera from 1941. And we took photos of the same thing. Yeah. in the same place and they look like completely different photos it was it's amazing so we love to go out and have a photo day we're going to try and make that happen (laughs) yep i'm getting back to my roots there (laughs) i love it yeah i may i may actually start doing some more photography i love being out in the world in any way that i can be and take doing photography well, we haven't talked about death or dying yet. We need to get on that. Well, no, but I mean, we talked about some of the aftermaths of that, I think, of, of you know, if love people while you can because nothing is guaranteed, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, we, we still got more to say. We I do. think, don't you? Yeah. I can't do it justice. I haven't Don't suffered worry. enough. You know, <laughs> you've suffered. You probably suffered way more than Ra- uh, Dr. Ralph Stanley did. Well, <laughs> maybe, but what a voice to do. Oh, uh, uh, no kidding. Y'all, we, we came in in media race this time because <laughs> we were both we were playing around singing Oh Death. Yeah. <laughs> um, last time I went, there used to be this big old conference out on the West Coast called uh, Pantheacon. And it was hard as hell to get into. And if you got into it, they treated you like dirt. I mean, I, everybody wanted to do it. And it was just never worth the trip and the expense, frankly, from flying. Because flying from a little tiny airport like Asheville to another little tiny airport halfway the, on the other side of the country in San Jose was always way more than it should have been. And took way longer than it should have. Anyway, um, I... I had submitted classes to teach that year and they, uh, they didn't want any of the classes I was teaching. So uh, some, a friend of mine put together a panel on death and dying in pagan religious structures, something like that panel discussion. And so that was the only thing I was doing. And I, I was the one that had to kind of focus everybody in, call the circle, however, what it was. And, and I Everybody else was, the panel was all set up and, you know, like panels are set up and the audience was all set up. And I entered from the back of the big old, it's one of those hotel ballroom things. I entered from the back of the ballroom singing, oh, death. (laughs) Because, you know, I was, I was like this East Coast hillbilly freak woman with all these mostly California (laughs) people. And they just did not know what to, to think. So they they weren't terribly judgy about the quality of my singing. They just thought it was so bizarre that I was doing it. But they liked it. 
And that's all that matters. How many, and what a story you get out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. That got everybody's attention, I tell you what. Yeah, well, it should. I mean, <laughs> people pretend like it doesn't exist. You know, if, we, if me and you and friends ever do record a CD of music, we're going to have to do Oh Death because we talk about death all the time. I'm good with that. And then we're going to have to do something about food. <laughs> Some old food song like, what, what is it? Food around the corner. There's food around the corner. We'll write our own too. Food we around could. the corner for me. Lordy. You know, I'd like to get one of those women's circles to do that song or something similar. Uh-huh. Wouldn't that be have fun? a bunch of women and they're proficient in their instruments or whatever. That yep. is fun. That'd be great. Especially old mountain women. I don't know if they exist anymore. I think we're it, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Lord. We're it. Oh, uh, well, all right. I'm good. I could sing. I can do well, that. I, I think about uh, people like Miss Delia. And was she Sheila, Sheila K. Adams' grandma or great aunt or something like that? And she had them little little glasses and, you know, little <laughs> scrunched up dried apple face little woman and when i think about you know appalachian women i often think of like loretta lynn the way she looked at the long dark hair and um and then i think of the old women with the little scrunchy up faces little <laughs> real real wrinkly wrinkly faces because they've been out in the sun and all that and then i think yeah but you know that appalachian women is like me and you we're appalachian women Just you know what we look like you know what they have in common? What? The look in their eyes. Yes, There's a specific right. look. Yep. You know, I don't know how to explain it. I'm crazy, okay, or whatever. But there's a look. There is you, a look, and it's a look of knowing. It's a, it's a wisdom look to me. I guess you're they right. Look like they look like they're looking right through you, and they see everything. Because they do. Yeah, and you can't hide anything. Because you can't. Because you can't. <laughs> It's very frustrating to certain people. <laughs> well, I, I tell people about where I grew up and I had cousins all over the hill and and uh, the people that weren't related to me directly by blood. You know, they might as well have been. And and they go, oh, that's like a real a real neighborhood where everybody knew each other. And they they get kind of soft about it. But I tell them, look, you had no secrets in a neighborhood like that. There were no, nobody had any secrets. No privacy. No privacy. Everybody knew all your business. Everybody didn't hesitate to comment on all your business. So you would, you could walk up from the bottom of the hill. If you walk down to the store and then you walk up and then walk up from the bottom of the hill, there'd be people, four or five people come out on their porch so they could give you some advice because they knew what your problem was already because the other neighbor had already told them because she heard from the other neighbor. So, I mean, there is the support piece of all that when the support piece works. But by God, don't don't try to keep anything to yourself because you're not going to be able to. Yeah, don't expect it. Mm -mm. It's just that's just not the way that's set up. That's why you move out of the holler. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> and you move right. into another situation just the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then one day you wake up and you go, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened? Wait a minute. How'd that happen? 
That's right. That's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, that's what we were talking about, how it works when somebody dies in a, an established neighborhood. Yeah. That everybody's got oh. their, their thing to do. And we were talking about the jobs that people have when someone has died. That we way were. it's not all on one person. Exactly. Now, usually, back in the day, if there were uh, men, and if not, the women would do it because we're perfectly capable, you know. Um, Absolutely, would, we are. They would take a a, ta- a door off the hinges and that put it on, what do they call those, saw horses? Yeah. And Trust then they me. would lay the coffin on top of that. Yep. Um, they put you know put a tablecloth on it and then lay a coffin on top of that, and they would uh, often. I don't know if every house did, but often somebody would go around and cover the mirrors. Because, oh yes, so Definitely. the spirit didn't escape too soon, or the wrong spirits come in. Um, yes, and and there was a hush because mm-hmm. you were not allowed to yell or talk too loudly and i don't know what that what was that about disturbing the dead i don't i don't know but there is and there still is Break if you go dead. into a if there is a kind of if you go into a tr- fairly traditional appalachian home when there has been a death there is a stillness and a mm-hmm. quietness um, although i believe it would probably be okay to sing to the person or with the person or whatever you want to say Yes, or to sing for the comfort of singing. So if you were church-going people or religious people somehow, you might, you know, when when the three people come from church with the casserole, as they always, it's the from the women's circle at the church, they would bring some casseroles or some whatever. And a banana pudding. And a banana pudding and maybe some, uh, some rolls, store-bought rolls. Uh, That's let- right. That's right. Laterly, it, it has been those Hawaiian rolls because, you know, Appalachian people, if it can't be sweet, we ain't, we ain't wanting it. So <laughs> Unless it's cornbread. Nice, some them nice Hawaiian rolls or cake of cornbread. Yeah, all that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. The food's always good. Always good. I don't know if it's a distraction or a comfort or just something expected, but you know, we were talking about that, too, that people, they have a problem with the subject of death. And I think that it's because of the way they were raised as much as anything in yeah, society to be afraid of it yeah, and to not talk about it and pretend like it doesn't exist. And so maybe I don't know when that started being a thing, but it never really has been a thing in my family. And I'm so glad. No, in my family either. Um, But, you know, it also makes me think, like, in the 70s and maybe in the 80s, people didn't say the word cancer. And it was like if they said it, they'd bring it on. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if death is the same way. You don't want to mention it because you might bring it on. But we're all going to get it sooner or later. We're not all going to get cancer sooner or later. But sooner or later, every damn one of us is going to die. Yeah, we all have that in common for sure. <laughs> that is not exactly one person has escaped it. it you no, know, and no, not no, one ma'am. person will. And so no, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I do not know the answer to that, but I think it's way better 
to just be practical and acknowledge what goes on around you. When you're a kid, you know certain things, and that's without being told whether or not you are allowed to know these things. And then as you grow up, you have to unlearn all that stuff. And that's, you know, then you, then you get wiser and you try and learn it back again because it's just the truth about the way things are. It is. It is just seeing it clearly, seeing it clearly and saying, saying like, saying it like, like it is. I have to tell a story. I told this in class last night and uh, I don't know if Pat and Richard listened to the podcast, but this is Richard's story and he allowed me to put it in my book. Okay. This is this is how it used to be, and his family is from South Carolina, upstate of South Carolina. Yeah. And it used to be when somebody died at home, just like you said, they'd bring in sawhorses and they'd have a big old like a door or something, and but they didn't put a tablecloth on. It was a it was a quilt or a bed sheet because tablecloth okay. is where you're gonna eat. Yeah. Well, um, you're probably yeah, right about yeah. that. So. They'd uh, they'd bring the casket in and that person would lay in state in the dining room or parlor or wherever. And everybody would come in from all over the place. All the relatives that were downstate or wherever, they'd all come in. And nowadays, if you go, like if you're you had a family member who died in Nashville, you go to Nashville, you get a hotel room and you'd stay in the hotel for the funeral. Well, no, no, it didn't happen back in the day. Everybody stayed at the house. So they put they jam everybody into all the beds in the house, yeah. <laughs> and then they put all the youngins down on on the floor on pallets, and that's not wood pallets. A pallet was just a little bunch of blankets stacked up with a pillow and another blanket. Little pallet on, pallet on, your floor. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a story he tells. They were at maybe his his great grandma's death. Grandma's death, something, and he was little. And he remembers this so clear. So they have all the young uns in pallets on the floor in the same room with grandma. Okay. And just, and they're all settled down. They're all settled down. They're going to go to sleep. Just as they're getting ready to turn out the light, one of them mean older boys said, I think I seen her move. And pandemonium <laughs> broke out. And the way he tells it is, and everybody got whooped except for me because I was the baby. So he didn't get whooped, everybody else. So everybody else oh. got to go to sleep crying in the room with dead grandma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to traumatize anybody, is it? Isn't that great? Oh, golly. That's just hilarious. Well, I've heard some stories about things like that, you know. The, yeah. and the, the fact of the matter is the body will move and settle and make noises and make noise, make sounds it, because things are right. still happening. Things are farting happening. And, farting right. and belching and belching and the arms and, will move. And, and sighing, sighing. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And so it happens. It's just, <laughs> it's just part of it. It's just, can part you imagine of it. some tired mama though? She finally got all them youngins down. <laughs> and she'd had a long day, and tomorrow's going to be an even longer day. And that's smart, Alec. I think I've seen her move. I think I've seen her move. <laughs> what a legacy. <laughs> that's hilarious. That, that is. is. That's, a, that's a great story. It's but a good one. All of this, it just keep 
things keep coming up for me. And I remember how, how we used to do things we don't do now. So when we were a smaller community, and this probably still happens in small communities, when the uh, when they'd be taken after the funeral service, if they had to get into, you know, the cortege line or whatever you call that, to go to the cemetery, mm-hmm. then all the cars on the road would pull off mm-hmm. and the men would get out of the car and take off their hats as the as the casket, as the hearse went by. Well, it's been decades since I've seen the men get out of the car. But I have, I do still occasionally, even now, we'll see where cars have pulled over for a funeral procession. It's not as often as it used to be, though. No, it used to be. Yeah, everybody pulled over Mm -hmm. and let it go through. Now, Mm -hmm. of course, there's somebody from the police department or the sheriff's department that is at the head of the funeral procession. Mm -hmm. So they just blow through all of the traffic lights until Mm -hmm. they get where they're going. But and then after people would literally pull over and put their hands over their hearts or take off their hats, then you put on, you, you flashed your lights when the, when the funeral procession went by. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you're part of the procession, you have your lights on. Right. So you would flash your lights sort of in com- commonality or in mm-hmm. salute, I guess, to the person who was going. Yep. You sure did. All, That's true. All kinds of choir things. Um, up, up north, and we were up there for Joe's uh, mother and father's funeral, of course. And they do this thing where the family is in the family family Cadillac, whatever it is, fancy car limousine. That's what I'm trying to say. The so the family's in the limousine to go to the funeral home, and they drive the hearse and the limousine past the person's home. And someone gets out of the hearse from the funeral funeral home, and they lay a rose on the doorstep oh, of wow. the person being buried. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? It is. And then, then they continue on to the to the cemetery. I, like, I, I cried like a baby, like a that, baby. I, some I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. But it's I, a northern uh, thing, I think. It might be a Catholic thing. I don't know. That's that's very interesting thing. Well, I know that I like the little booklets that we sign and yeah. the mementos that the funeral homes give away. We talked about doing a fan. Remember that? Yes. And maybe we still should. You never know. Uh, that was right before COVID hit. We were talking about doing a fan. That's right. We were going to do a Weird Mountain Gals funeral home style fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be, it'd be easy to do. I think we just oh, yeah. get somebody to print it and then we... Stick a stick on it, flat mm-hmm. stick. We can do it. We can figure it. And yeah. but you know, there's some other things that you need to finish up first. And once that gets done, when you have time, then then we'll put it in your calendars. Project number eight twenty four. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Lord. I like that coffee cup, by the way. Isn't that pretty? That's a big one. It says. Always be kind inside the lip of the coffee mug. <laughs> yeah, my friend, uh, my friend Shirley sent me this. It's beautiful. It really is. It's big. I like that. Uh, it's not that big. I've got bigger ones. Yeah, I, I, 
I might have to take that as a sound bite. That can mean a lot of things. I've seen big. I got big. Um, (laughs) This is the one I always, every once in a while, I get in the mood for fancy coffee. Like if you went to uh, Mm -hmm. Starbucks, it costs you $6 for it. And so I put my my almond milk in and a little bit of that, you know, flavor liquid stuff, creamer. And uh, put a dollop of whipped cream on top with some, uh, maybe a little bit of, I don't know, cinnamon on it. I make that for myself at home. That's what I did today. Because nice. yesterday was a, was a long damn day. as a long day. And today you know, was a busy so far day. When this podcast comes out, it's going to be this coming Saturday or Sunday the 23rd. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so getting very close to Salon. Mm. you're very busy i know the closer we get the busier you get Um, well it'll be a little i mean i'll be out of town that the weekend of salon the weekend before salon i'm gonna be in um baltimore i know that's not how they say it in balmer but i say baltimore because i'm not from there uh doing fairy con and i'll be driving home that sunday Mm -hmm. but yeah salon salon is an amazing holy day in my religious tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's that big triple whammy. It is the final harvest, the third harvest, I like to call it. It is the beginning of winter on the old calendar. Yeah. And it's also the the new year. Yeah. So it's like this big triple blowout of a thing. Right. And people who are close to the earth will feel it. You're going to yeah. feel There'll be some physical things that go along with it. And I would invite you to observe it, maybe even write it in a journal so you can get used to how your body matches the cycles of the earth and stuff. Uh, That's such a good idea. Yeah. And the other thing is if y'all do not have a Samhain ceremony, I believe that uh, Facebook will archive yours. Now she's going to do, the sound ceremony tonight or the, am I right? The ancestor. No, visual. The ans- I do an ancestor visual, which is not yeah. a sound ceremony. Right. I mean, it is, it is during sound tide, yeah. but it is not technically sound. Normally in a normal year, we would do that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on November the 1st, we would do a sound ritual. <laughs> yeah. But Sorry. we, we are seeing COVID numbers going up again. And we are not nearly being careful. You know, there's so many people like, well, they told us we didn't have to wear masks, so I'm not going to wear a mask. And I got me two shots, so it's all it's all going to be fine. And I just I am reluctant to bring people inside for that yeah. there. I may still do something when I get back from Fairy Con and do it on November the 1st. But I don't want to announce that. In case I get back from Faircon and I am wiped out. Yeah. Well, that's on my shoulders this year. And I will have to, you know, I have to see what kind of energy I've got left because I don't ever want to half ass. Yeah. What I was going to suggest was at least for the ancestor vigil, because mm-hmm. that's a powerful thing. And this year, especially, I think it'll be very powerful. Facebook should archive that. So by well, the time I'm, the podcast comes out, it will have already happened. But y'all can look it up on Byron's page. Well, yeah. I will 
I'm, I will probably do that from the Mother Grove Goddess Temple page because it okay. will be a temple event. Okay. And and when you do a Facebook Live, it gives you the option of you can delete it, you can leave it up for 30 days, or you can leave it up indefinitely. So I will leave it up indefinitely. And as people feel the need to kind of connect, if they don't have some sound event in their community, mm-hmm. they certainly absolutely can connect with that and um, and sit with it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, Thanks for but, saying that. Yeah. Well, it's a powerful thing. It's very cathartic. It feels really correct. And if they are able to get that, it gives them some ideas about maybe how they want to carry it on in their community later. But honestly, it's really just a good thing to do. If you don't have one of those going on in your life right now, you can get your list of uh, people who passed in this last year, get your nice cup of tea, get your quiet area, light your candles, do your thing and listen to this and pay and uh, it, it you'll feel better at the end of it. I'm quite sure. And I just think it's a nice, respectful thing to do. And I appreciate that you do it every year. So We well. have been doing this ancestor vigil, I believe. Now, somebody may know better than me, remember better. I think we have been doing it since 1999. Oh, so great. we've been doing it. We've been doing it at least two decades. Yeah. We almost always do it live. I mean, COVID has messed that up for sure, but. Uh, but we have continued doing that at least two decades. Mm-hmm. And it is um, it is non-denominational. So it's it's about ancestors. And we often have um, Christian folks. I mean, we for many years now, we've done it at the Episcopal Church, All Souls, mm-hmm. the Cathedral of All Souls, Souls in Biltmore Village. Right. And so obviously that community is more than welcome to participate. And I don't think they feel uncomfortable with it. No. Because it's it's a solemn rite. It is. Um, it is. Anybody who has participated would understand that. And then let's finish the housekeeping up here. We've got uh, what else have you got coming up that we need to talk about? I guess the weirdling chat is coming up Friday on Friday. But by then, by the time y'all hear this, we've already had the weirdling oh, that's chat. That's right. Yeah, but yeah. It's, a, it's a good thing to remind anybody who's listening that we have this incredibly goofy Facebook page. And the group is the uh, Weird Mountain Gals official Weirdlings page, I think is the, is the so. official yeah. name of it. And they get the outtakes. They get uh, they <laughs> the raw get stuff. Us, <laughs> yeah, the raw stuff. That, and they get us showing up to just be silly periodically <laughs> yeah so yeah. Uh, so if you wanted to join that group if you are more than welcome to do it yeah. how many people did you say we've got now 110 9 or it, 10 or something it, was, it yeah. was more than i thought for sure yeah. and we, we just have a good time sometimes we'll do giveaways yeah. we probably won't do one for for halloween but we'll probably do a thanksgiving or a christmas giveaway probably, and it's yeah. always got that damn truck that i love yeah. so much uh, yeah, so, I've got uh, more we, the truck on it. Yeah, yeah. You find it with um, just type in W Y R D L I N G, weirdly, yeah. and Facebook. and it'll pop up and you'll see it. And it's yeah, uh, yeah it's a cool little group. Uh, the other thing we are going to be in Chattanooga 
Chattanooga in November. Yeah, we're going to try and do a live stream from Chattanooga. And we'll keep you posted on some of the stuff going on with that as it comes along. We want to thank them for bringing us. And just remind y'all that if you have a, a business or a cause that would be a good fit with us, why not uh, hit one of us up and we'll talk about a sponsorship. It might not cost you as very much at all. Yes, never that's, know. A, that's a good point. And also, if you live within a reasonable distance, like Chattanooga is, what, two and a half hours, I guess, from here. Some hours, like yeah, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you would like for us to do like a, a live appearance of the Weird Mountain Gals, mm-hmm. we would absolutely consider it. Yeah. So y'all let us know about that. We keep saying we're going to get up to Mammoth Cave and all those places. Sonia, we are. Sooner or later, we're going to get up there. But we want to, yeah. A day trip is something that right now with both of our schedules, a day trip is something we can we can probably schedule and manage. So yeah. if y'all want to see us and want to do something goofy, well, we're happy to show up and just talk or talk about Appalachian culture and magic, all that stuff. We're happy to. Yeah, yeah, we are. And thank y'all for listening. It's been kind of nice to hear the comments. Everybody's kind of commenting on their apps and stuff. And and I, I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Very much. yeah we, we love doing this. And I reckon this we're in our third year now, aren't we? We're going into it. We're on oh, episode man. 161 or something like that. Who, when, we never thought it last <laughs> this long, honestly. No. No, we didn't. So, y'all, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And let us know if if there's a subject you want to talk to us about or have us talk to y'all about. And, uh, Ms. Byron, what you going to have for supper tonight? I don't know. I made lunch today. Usually we do, like, he'll have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and I'll eat a salad. But I made lunch, so I, I don't have no brain cells left to think about supper yet. Next. Thanks. That'll be the next thing I think about. I'm doing leftovers. Leftovers rock. Leftovers rock, but Joe ate the leftovers yesterday. Did he? Anytime I cook, I try to make enough for two meals every time. Yeah. Yeah, I got in. Yesterday was my long day, you know, and um, I got in a little bit after nine o'clock and there weren't a bunch of dirty dishes in the sink. And so I, I said to him, so what did you eat tonight? And he said, oh, I had leftovers. And I'm sure he just. microwaved them in their containers and ate so but now I ain't got any leftovers I gotta make a big meal tonight so I have leftovers tomorrow that'll work that'll work all All right young good to talk to you yeah thanks for hanging out I know you're busy I am but you know it's good to talk yeah it's good to remind people of things to remember Mm -hmm. yeah kind of brings it home Hey, thank you for spending your time with us here at Weird Mountain Gals. We sure do appreciate it. You know, I know time is the most important thing we have. So I promise that if you take your time to listen to us, we'll take our time to continue to be weird. Thanks to Sunslice Records for all the help. We couldn't do it without you, Craig.
out our social media for information, community, or a few laughs. WYRD Mountain Gals.